everybody, this is Richard Sachs. I'm your host on Lost Arts Radio. Welcome back. In the midst of these very unusual situations in the world right now, it's nice to see you. And we have a great show tonight that you'll want to really pay attention to. It's some very positive energy in the midst of everything that's happening in the world. And we have our, our friend and, and uh, frequent guest coming back, Dr. Gabriel Cousins is one of the most conscious medical doctors that I know of on the planet right now. And he's been for many years and, in fact, decades going around educating people how to heal themselves on all levels, physically and uh, through a, a combination of lifestyle enhancement and consciousness change. And so that covers everything that's happening in any time, including this one. And he's well known for many books, including the one that says there is a cure for diabetes, which is a amazing statement for, uh, compared to the conventional medical world. And the other things that he's teaching people are just as amazing. So um, we're going to hear about his new plans, his new book, Into the Nothing, a spiritual autobiography, which I'm really anxious to read. I haven't been able to get it yet, but I will soon. And uh, a new phase that's coming up in Dr. Cousin's life, as well as some really critical events that we're going to introduce to you now, too. So welcome, Dr. Cousins, and really excited to have you back. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because you're always supposed to say that with a guest on a radio show. It's really true. So welcome, and uh, thanks for coming on. Well, Richard, it's always a joy to be uh, talking with you and sharing with you. And I want to start with a prayer, which is what the world needs now, merging the heavens and earth, the heart and the mind, and actually activating what I call Wisdom of the heart. Okay, it's an integration, in other words. Lishim Biku Gurusha Brihu Ushinate Bilu Artnulaya Shimuki Bilovke Pudashlam Shem Kosreo Kolam Amen. Okay, feel that merging and integration. Great, now we're ready to play. Very good. Well, you know. People know of you from our previous shows as the founder of the Tree of Life Retreat Center in Southern Arizona, and that's had a, an incredible history and, and transformed the lives of many people. I've been there a couple of times, and uh, there's a new phase starting, so everybody is curious about what that is and a little bit of explanation, and then we'll get into the things that you've got planned and the book and the meditation coming up, everything that we want to cover, so... So my book is Nothing capsulizes a lot that's happened, 
you know, and, and it is about going beyond the mind, creating a quiet mind to go beyond the mind, okay? And then ultimately going into what we call primal chaos, which is nothing prior to time, space, and energy. So it's a very uh, primordial level of meditation uh, that uh, I've been experiencing for years, actually starting in 1975. So it's the first time I've really talked about it, but really this is 1975. That's a while ago. Yeah. And there, and interesting, biblically, I just discovered this year that day one is the primal chaos, which is the nothing. There's no time, there's no form, time, space, or energy. So we're really talking about something that actually has been described even biblically in the primordial creation energy. So that's pretty interesting. So how does that have to do with my life? So in my kind of understanding as I look at things, we we have uh, four levels of uh, dharma. The biggest dharma is to know God to merge with God. And into nothing means there's not even a you. There's no place to stand, and there's no you to be standing. Okay? In other words, there's no duality. Uh, We're born into I am this, I am this, I am that, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm a whatever. Then we have I-ness, which is pure existence. And then into nothing, there's no I-ness. There's only the nothing. There's no... No, no sense of individualization. So it's a very primal awareness that I'm talking about. Could you say that, that that's another way of saying the fake self would be gone and all that's left is God or the original reality? Yes, for you? that's exactly what I'm saying. So even the subtle I-ness disappears. Okay, so... That's something more we get in meditation because you can't really drive a car when you don't exist. <laughs> well, and, unless somebody else is driving your car. Well, that's different. Yeah. Okay. So that's the primordial. Now, my whole life has been organized that way. So I'm going to mention there's four levels of, let's say, uh, Dharma activity. Uh, the first, to know God, like we just said. The second is aligning with your destiny so your will becomes the will of God. So it becomes the river of life. Okay. The big issue today is people aren't aligned with their destiny. And so there's much chaos. Part of being aligned with your destiny is connecting to your own soul. And this is why I teach the six foundations, sevenfold peace, which I I can run through very briefly for people so we kind of get a a sense of that because without being aligned to your own destiny, your own dharma, which is right action in the world, we have chaos, confusion, and soul separation. It's exactly what we're seeing today, mass confusion and alienation. So how do we get realigned? How do we reconnect with our soul or enhance our connection with our soul? Those are pretty important questions. So the six foundations is a way of quieting, and sevenfold peace is a way of quieting the mind to transcend the mind. First 
is eating a, uh, from my experience, a plant, 100% plant-based diet and 80% live food. Second, and, and uh, fasting seven days twice a year, just with juices. Mm-hmm. Okay, diluted juices. Second is yoga asana, breathing exercises, and sacred dance. I love to do sacred dance. Uh, I find that connects people in a lot of ways. And There may be videos of me doing sacred dance, but usually I start my meditation weekends, which I'm doing once a month. Uh, before every meditation, I, I dance for three minutes. This wild, ecstatic, sacred dance. It's really unifying. You know, it would be good while you're on each of these points of an activity that you do periodically to tell people how they participate in that. Right. So the diet is pretty simple. We just kind of slowly, over time, we go towards that level of diet for yourself. And my experience, since my first book, 1986, uh, is the rainbow diet, okay? But the key concept is to become a superconductor of the divine so there's no block to what we call the kundalini energy the sacred feminine on the planet what we call biblically the ruach hakadesh but also people call the holy spirit they're different terms same issue and so when you eat in this way i'm talking about the subtle channels which are called nadis there's 72,000 of them three main ones eat up shishima uh the flow is open and it optimizes the flow of the spiritual energy called the kundalini or ruach kadesh that's what i've observed uh in 1975 when i received the awakening of this energy from swami muktananda i went into nothing then I, as I came down, a little voice rang out, said, you should learn to eat and live in a way that supports the Kundalini, that feeds the Kundalini. So that was my first assignment. I always try to listen to God's voice, okay? That's my assignment. Okay, fine, I'll do that. 1986, it came through, what to do. But actually, after a 40-day fast, this is all described in my book, Into Nothing. Okay. In 1983, I got the message, go to your roots, and that took me more back into a more biblical thing. So now we have the yogic and the biblical. And I also eventually do Native American sun dancing, the four-year sun dance. When I'm 60, It's uh, I did it in uh, 1998 to 2002. A very important part. So I was kind of given three traditions. And I had visions of key players, I had visions of Abraham, visions of Crazy Horse, and visions of Sai Baba Shirdi, who left his body in 1918. Now, when I talk about visions, I'm not talking about imagination. Uh, for example, in India, I'm walking down the street with Swami Prakashananda, and Sai Baba of Shirdi appears, literally materializes raises his hand and gives me shocked about knocks me over and I check is that my imagination no uh, you know uh, so Prakashananda was an enlightened being said no no he really appeared to you it really happened right in front of me so when was, when was this uh, that was in 1981 okay so what I'm trying to say is this is there's a reality here. 
Right. I I also had a, uh, a vision uh, again uh, with Lakshmi, the goddess of spiritual and material wealth. Mm-hmm. She appeared and merged with me, and actually, certain feminine aspects got greatly amplified. Now, when I mean merge, I mean actually merged. And there's a there's a uh, uh, a description again. I just discovered just recently. It's called interposition, where you actually receive a part of the other person. So when Abraham and Yitzhak had this happen, so what I mean is there was what we call the close sacrifice of uh, Yitzhak by Abraham. Okay, very traditional thing. Yitzhak's 37 years old, Abraham's 137. Yitzhak agrees to do this. He's 37. He could say, Dad, I really don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's 37. He's in the prime of his life. He could have said no, but he didn't. And so the, he represents severity. Abraham uh, represents loving kindness. They had to actually shift some energy. So the loving kindness of Abraham a piece goes in, literally a piece energetically goes into Yitzhak and a piece of Yitzhak's severity because Abraham needed that to be able to even think about doing the sacrifice of the son. And so they each gained. So it was a super interposition of literal uh, consciousness and energies. That, and from that, they both became liberated. And you're relating this to your experience with Lakshmi? Well, yes, and Sai Baba of Shirdi. In other words, there was some merging with each one of those two. Merging, but actually a piece of their consciousness. So again, this is a Kabbalistic description here. Uh, There's actually a transfer of consciousness and energy from one person to another. So I've had that several times. Both ways? Uh. Well, for Abraham Yitzhak, it was both ways. For Lakshmi, I think it was her feminine energy coming into me. She's the, they say, uh, the wife of Rama. This is, again, this is uh, right. prior. She's a primal feminine energy, okay? And so it's spiritual wealth as well as material wealth. So she transformed me, literally, Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her side of it was. Right, right. <laughs> Enough that she materially. I didn't ask her. You There's can ask her sometime. Oh. Yeah. And then that happened again um, when I was doing uh, my introduction to Israel 2007. I was in a, ca- a half cave uh, in this overlooking the Dead Sea in the town of Arad. Now, it was at night. I was there for 72 hours without food and water. And just to give you perspective, mm-hmm. people die even 24 hours without food and water in the negative. It gets pretty hot. Okay? Uh, because of the temperature, right? Yeah. And what's a half cave? I, in, well, if I heard that right. It's where basically it wasn't enough to cover me. So I was in the sun a good part of the day. I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was kind of up on a mountainside. It was actually where a previous monk had stayed. So it's a really shallow cave. A really shallow cave. Okay. Right? And I had a fire in front of me, and Abraham appears, and no words are exchanged. 
but he transfers his energy of spiritual worship and loving kindness because his assignment was walk before God as a blessing. And his tent was open up for direction. So the loving kindness and being a witness or walking before God, being a blessing to the world, walking before God, those energies, that interposition, were transferred to me. I, I want to clarify something, too, for listeners, that getting these experiences with drugs is not rec- recommended. No, I told when, not. Because when, see, you, when you have the foundation to do it naturally, then it can be the right time and the effect is completely different. I would tend to uh, a thousand percent agree with you, but I'm going to go a step further because as a psychiatrist, I have dealt with a lot of people who have taken drugs and it actually disrupts their astral plane and create yeah. a lot of imbalances and cause brain damage. What I've it, seen is, is that it, it disables a natural protective barrier between them and beings from the next higher level. And so they become vulnerable and they don't have the foundation to deal with it. That's right. I mean, that's and, just what it seemed like. And this, you're 100% correct. And, the, and what I will tell you, based on my experience, because I do a lot of work healing people with this. Yeah. For example, ayahuasca shaman will actually agree with me that you can take on entities. That, that you can what? Sorry, I couldn't. Take on remember. entities, unfriendly uh, Yeah, entities. because your, your natural protective barrier is compromised. That's right. And so I do a lot of work doing depossessions, and demonic depossessions. Right. Okay for people who have taken drugs. And that goes from marijuana, big one, big player where this happens, all the way to ayahuasca. So you're making an insight, but it's a cheap way of going about it, and it ends up making you very vulnerable. You're easy to manipulate by beings that are stronger and, you know, are taking advantage of that. You get invaded by them. Yeah, yeah. They can take over your beingness. Right, that's what it possession is. Very regularly, and I've been blessed based on my experience with Muktananda. Funny story, I'll, I'll, we're kind of wrapping today. So uh, this is all in my book, Into the Nothing. So we're living in an ashram in India, I don't know, for seven years. My daughter, who was five, every time we'd walk by a certain field on the way to do the morning meditation at 4.30 in the morning, she'd start crying. So this is going on for a week or so. And I said, I can't figure out what's going on. She can't figure out what's going on. So we go to Muktananda. And he he says, well, there's a demon in the field next to where you're walking on the way to meditation. And it's disrupting your daughter. So then he says to me, oh, now you go out in the field and take care of it. Oh, right. What do I know about these (laughs) So, so he gives me some mantras and, and, and he empowers me. And I actually go out in the field, take on the demon, and banish it. That's it. My daughter's completely free, no problem. Done. Right. Never occurred. But that got me started on the whole power to uh, help people who are uh, possessed demonically or just with entities. Yeah. This was a demon. This is a head-on confrontation with a demon. Right. Okay. So that's how I got started with that. It's like, I wouldn't have thought to do that. Okay. And then I got further training, but that's a, a different story. 
because um, you got a certain amount of training is needed with this. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I'll, I'll kind of go back to a little bit of the story. So Abraham appears, transfers the energy to me. Uh, about a minute and a half. Okay. And I won't go through all the ways. How do you check it's not a, a demon? Well, there are ways to check. Okay. But right. I, I won't well, go through and, and beside the fact that the energy is completely different. Yes. But people get diluted here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I've had then this opportunity to have three beings from, I'm going to say, the kind of astral plane appear and transfer their energy to me. Right. Okay. Um, so that that's really what I'm talking about. So this ability of two people to transfer who aren't in different planes – like Abraham and Yitzhak at their time, they were both alive in the same plane, right. but also beings from the astral planes are helping us in, appear and will trans, at least in my case, three separate examples where they have transferred their energy to me to empower me. Yeah, yeah, helpful. So that's kind of what we're talking about, you know, in, yeah. in terms of the different experiences that, that I have. The book explains it. But the real teaching in the book, into nothing, is the world is the guru. We have the choice to take all our life experiences in the world and turn them into uh, opportunities for spiritual growth. Yeah, exactly. We can say, we can say poor me. I'm a victim, or we can say, wow, this is an opportunity to grow spiritually. It becomes a gift instead. That's right. And so that's one of the themes in my book. The other theme is, as we purify ourselves, can we surrender to the divine will unfolding for us? May uh, your will become my will. So we we have the Dharma of becoming one with God, I just becoming into the nothing. The second dharma is what we call right livelihood, living and acting in a way that uplifts you spiritually. Okay, that's important. Third is I'm going to call spiritual joy. In India, we call dhamma. So to sustain yourself uh, over the long term, you need a certain amount of spiritual joy happening for yourself, spiritual pleasure, what we call karma, so that you don't get dried out. So you don't kind of lose your energy. So that's another piece to me. You know, spiritual joy, Moses Maimonides, the great rabbi and prophet and uh, uh, physician, lived um, uh, 1235 to 1310, medieval. Okay, physician talked about spiritual joy is being one of the most important things for connecting with the divine. We need a certain amount of spiritual joy. So that's part of the path then, right? Big Dharma, daily life Dharma, and then spiritual uh, joy as a part of really what supports you. And then you need a certain amount of what we call arta or wealth to support your, your work. And 
that's something that has to be generated. It's a lot or a little bit, doesn't matter. It's whatever you need to support it. So those are the four kind of foundations that help everyone in the spiritual life. Right. And the joy is not something you manufacture, right? It's something you allow to come in. It's a great question. So I'm going to talk about slightly different. Within us, deeper than the death urge, deeper than the sex urge, is the urge for God. And that's connected to the self, big self, not ego self. Mm-hmm. And when we connect with that, we get, I'm going to call it non-causal, no cause, non-causal joy, non-causal peace, non-causal harmony, non-causal oneness, okay? Those are who we are. That's the truth of who we are. Non-causal emanates from us when we go beyond the mind, we're able to access the inner self. So you could also say that's coming from the original cause instead of all the causes that we see happening on this level. Nothing on the outer cause. It's all internal, connected to our primordial existence, the self, spark of God within us. And so that's naturally who we are. Okay? That's our primal drive is the urge for God, but it's sparked by the non-causal love, non-causal peace. That causal harm, that causal oneness. So it's, it's not like we're trying, oh, you know, we, we want uh, nine causal oneness, you know, like the Buddhist thing. No, it's not like that. It's who we are. So when we access that, we really get a much deeper understanding of the, of the cosmic uh, quality of who we are. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It does. It's like, it's not something you need to create because it's already there. It's the original that's thing right. that's already always been there. So yep. if you're not experiencing it, we ourselves are the ones that are blocking it, and we just have to see where and remove those. Yes, yeah, so the six foundations of sevenfold peace helps us go beyond our mind to access this. Okay. So it's, a, it's a way of life. I call it the holistic uh, way of liberation which is a way of life, a way of living that helps us access this. Right. It's a natural way of living. There's nothing unnatural. We're not doing spiritual practices separate from who we are. It's just who we are. Exactly. So we have to wake up to that. The deepest connection there should be the simplest. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I talk about sacred dance. I talk about service and charity. Really important. Why? Because it helps us connect heart to heart. So I, I've uh, taught in 42 different countries. We have over 100 programs around the world. Like in Cameroon, for example, we already have 50 organic vegan farms. We're going to, trying to go to 75. We have diabetes prevention programs in a lot of countries. We have close to 50 programs in Mexico. Again, it's diabetes prevention and organic organic farming. I'm working with Native Americans in our programs in Arizona, 11 different groups. So it, it's just spreading out in that way, if you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Service and charity, connecting at the heart. And so that's important. The fourth is, if you're ready to work with a spiritual teacher or a spiritual collective that supports your spiritual growth, 
so you don't get lost along the way. It's really easy to get lost. Yeah. Okay. So I recommend if you're doing an action, is it aligned with the last 10,000 years of teaching? Is it aligned with your spiritual group or collective? And is it aligned with your inner guidance? It's got to meet all three criteria. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then as much meditation and prayer as possible, I'm repeating the name. That's fifth and sixth as much exposure to what we call Shaktipat or Hanihai, in other words, the cosmic energy initiation that awakens your own Kundalini or your own Ruach HaKadosh that everybody has. It's in latent. Okay, so that's the six foundations. The sevenfold peace, all of which I'm describing in my book, Into the Nothing, mm-hmm. is peace with the body, which we did, peace with the mind, but peace with family. Peace with family is relationship. I call sacred relationship, sacred friendship. But really, uh, sacred relationship are a path to God. So you're not necessarily talking about the the physical family. You're talking about, well, yeah, physical. I mean, you're not like your mother, father, brothers, and sisters. Some people have no harmony that they find possible with the family they're born into. So, well, I'm actually not talking, yes, right. I'm actually talking about in your life having some sort of sacred relationship with another. You know, usually it's the male-female thing, but it could be two men, two women, but the male-female is the paradigm. Okay. So it's merging of the sacred feminine and sacred masculine within, but with someone that then stimulates your spiritual growth. Usually healing family of origin wounds, okay, and creating a space to grow spiritually and the interaction with the right consciousness. This is important. Creating a safe space for the other person to grow and supporting them is another part of the spiritual path, spiritual relation, uh, sacred relationship, sacred friendship. So that's very, very important part of the path. Okay, mm-hmm. then we have peace with the community. Now, today that's pretty wild because community is so disruptive. But again, it's finding the right relationship, and in many cases, it should be further than closer. You have to be at peace, it has to be the right distance with community to be at peace. Okay, um, and the right levels of community. Uh, it's partly why I'm moving to Israel because I have certain mission there because that was the original question. I'm a sense of mission. I don't know what it is, but I have a sense of mission. You're just feeling the direction. Okay. Now it's time to go there and I'll show you what to do when you get there. Yes. And it's called having faith in God's word. Right. It requires faith. Then peace with all cultures. Omatakiasa, Native American. Peace with the, uh, the earth people, living planet. Peace with the plant people. I'm using Native American language. Yeah, yeah. Peace, peace with the, the walking and flying, the animal world, and then mm-hmm. the swimming world. And then peace uh, with all, in a sense, all cultures. Okay? Then we have, uh, I, call, I call it spiritual ecology, understanding. Not as an environment. I'm not separate from that. I am the living planet. I am one with the living planet. And in uh, 
the deeper Kabbalistic teachings, every the planet has a soul, the stars have a soul, all these things are going on. Okay, and it's mm-hmm. being one, knowing that I'm part of the living planet. That's a different reason for being ecological, right? I'm part of the living planet. I call it spiritual ecology. Yeah. And it finally deals with God. Yeah. So it, for that to be true, there yeah. has to there has to be one ultimate being inside everything that's the same. Yes. So it is God. We're going to call God is the many in the one. Right. Right. And that's yeah. a primal prayer called the Shema in the Jewish tradition. But God is the many in the one. You have to. You have to get that. Without that, it, nothing makes any sense. Yeah, because it looks like nothing is integrated. Everything's separate and, you know, in competition and all that kind of stuff. And there's a, another yeah, level. All of which is delusion. All of which is delusion is what yeah. we're saying. It looks like, but is not. Right. And so what we're seeing today is a lot of uh, scramble going on in the world. Now, here's the good news. Coming up soon is movement into the Aquarian Age. Now, that's, it's really a cycle of 12,000 years and really 25,000 years. So we have emanations from our solar system. We have, you know, our sun. We have emanations with the galaxy. And as they're coming together in different ways, and at 12,000 years, which is now. Right. Uh, there's a wonderful opportunity to move into an elevated layer of consciousness, expansion of consciousness. So I'm going to back up just a, just a second, because this is uh, something we're trying to promote. So astrologically, uh, it's when Jupiter and Saturn are conjunct at zero degrees. That happened 12,000 years ago. Okay, so when you say zero degrees, can you clarify zero degrees from what perspective? I mean, what well, is Well, astrological things are, could be at 10 degrees, 20 degrees. But it means they're exactly aligned. That means the view from the Earth, you're standing on the Earth, and you're looking for those two planets, and you see them basically exactly in the same direction. And you may actually, yeah, they may even look at one planet. Yeah. And that's happening December 21st. Now, it's 8.20 p.m. Israeli time. It's um, in California, what did I say? It's, it's 8.20, it's uh, 10.20 a.m. on the okay. West Coast. And on the East Coast, it's 1.20 p.m. And now, this is the exact time when the planets line up that you're talking yes. about? Okay. Yes. Now, it actually goes on for about six days, but this is the exact time. Now, there's more going on to this. There's a thing called dragon lines. What's that? I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Dragon lines. So what is happening on the planet normally is that you have uh, the, the, the sun's energy are coming in the earth, and it reflects back from the center of the earth, and it comes out as ley lines, and then as it gets more intense, dragon lines, and then we call emperor dragon lines. So they're more intense levels. So what I'm recommending is at least groups of 10 people minimum uh, meet to meditate 20, 30 minutes. I'm going to say 30 minutes. Uh, and I'm going to, 
we're doing a guided meditation mm -hmm. to connect it all. Okay? And that will be all at the same time around the planet. Now, we know this works. I've been doing Peace 21 since 1985. And what we know, this is how powerful it is, is that there are a researcher called Burl Payne studied for four years. Each equinox and solstice, we do a peace meditation. And when we do that, the amount of sunspots decreases. Whereas before they started doing it, there were higher levels of sunspots. So the meditation affects the whole solar system, if not the whole galaxy. But we know at least the whole solar system. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So um, that is kind of what's happening. And, and, and there is an upliftment of consciousness. So the tw where do we get the 12,000 years? It's a cycle of the sun wave of energy uh, interface in the, our, our little solar system wave of energy interfacing with the galactic waves of energy. About every 12,000 years that happens. And we are now moving into Aquarius is the water carrier, the man or woman water carrier, water's consciousness. We're talking about a, an opportunity to expand consciousness, uh, peace, harmony, love. They're all going to be activated. And that's why I call it the Great Awakening versus the Great Reset, which is the yeah. globalist contracting. It can't happen. They cannot win. They're done. But we have to do our job to activate this energy of expanded consciousness. So um, I'll be in Israel at the time, and there's a place called Mark Gerizim. That's one of the places where these dragon waves, uh, heightened areas are, uh, are, are available. Um, and I'm trying to get this person to release a map of where these dragon lines are. Mm -hmm. uh, so people can meditate in groups at different places, but it's all the same thing and all, all at the same time. That will be very, very helpful. But this guy's mapped it out. Now, what's Mark Garazim? When, when Yehoshua took um, Israel across, there were two mountains. I've been there. I was there last year taking yeah. my kids. Okay. Yeah. There's Mount Gerizim, Mountain of Blessing, or Mount Ebal, Mountain of Cursing. They're right across from each other. And he says, you have choices in your life. You can do the Mountain of Blessing, live that way, walking in front of God as a blessing, or you could be on Mount Ebal, Mountain of Cursing. Your choice, folks. Right, and moment to really, moment to moment also, right? Yes, and that's really the, the beauty of this whole thing is that we do have choices. We are not, it's not fate, okay, destiny and hope, but you can choose where you want to be with that. Right. So he literally split it half on one mountain, half on the other, just here we go. So I know, at least in Israel, Mark, you know, I'm looking for other places because it's, it's a little complicated. It's in the disputed territories, but literally I have been there. And... Uh, but throughout the United States, there are the dragon lines and the emperor dragon lines. I'm trying to get the map where people can gather at their times. Anywhere, anywhere in the world, basically. Correct. And, uh, and these, these lines, these, these dragon lines, which is, uh, we have ley lines, right? 
they're like amplified ley lines. Yeah. They go up to five levels of amplification. And they five correspond levels. to the same kind of lines in the body, the meridians. Yes. You're just talking about the body that's the planet. Yes, except that they're certain are more amplified. Uh, right. So, so that the emperor lines uh, of the dragon lines are far more intense energy than the dragon. Dragon lights, the dragon lights are far more intense energy than ley lines. Right. Yeah. Most people have only heard of the ley lines, if any of that. Um, and also because of, of the fact that you want the meditation in a certain spirit and a certain protocol and you're going to do a guided part, people have to be able to see and hear you when you're doing that. So how do they tune into that? Well, I'm, I'm not technically impaired, but I don't have the answer to that yet. Okay. We have a letter that um, I'll send you. I don't know if you, well, you have it. You have the letter. You send it out to people. We're sending out to lots of people. There are other groups doing these things too, and the hope is 144,000 people to do it. Okay. So, any specific directions like that, or is do you know if there's going to be a way that people can actually see you online while you're doing this? Well, I'm going to try and do that. Yes, that would really I help. Just, I just, when I get to Israel, I'll have to figure out the technology. It just okay. depends if I can find some uh, dragon lines near Haifa or uh, a place called Caesarea, if that's good. I don't know how well it will be up on Mount Gerizim. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's in the west, it's in the disputed territories, but it also, the mountain is run by Samaritans, like the Good Samaritan. There's a whole group. That's where they, they've inhabited this mountain. That's where you're going to be during the meditation. Maybe. I like to be okay. on the coast. But All right. So if we stay in touch and you let us know, I'll, yes. re- I'll read whatever you send on the air and we can let people know how to do That's it. That's right. And I'll figure out how to do it because it helps to have that worldwide personal connection. We're all meditating together, you know, well, and, and to hear the guided part, you know, yes. so they yes. can part, participate in that. Yes. So it's very exciting because this is entering into the truly the age of elevated consciousness. So we are talking about, as all these energies interface, mm-hmm. the, a, a serious expansion of consciousness, of love and of peace and uh, in a sense, realigning your DNA to, to its highest frequency. Isn't it interesting how there's a negative and a positive side of this like everything else? And these yeah. are exactly the, the opposite to the things that our rulers are wanting to do with us. Exactly. And their ongoing meditation of death, basically. Yeah. And they want you to be injected with their tool that will alter your DNA exactly like what you were saying, just in not as pleasant of a manner. Yeah. In the other and all I can say about that is do not take the vaccination. Yeah, and you're a doctor. Yeah, I, I actually wrote a paper <laughs> on it. Did, did you get my paper on the vaccination issue? Or? I don't think I got it. Okay, I'll make sure it's sent to you because it's very, very important. There's two pieces to that. Yeah. Okay. Generally, vaccinations cause problems, and they shorten your lifespan, and they increase rate of cancer. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. But, and they don't necessarily work. Right? right. Well, they work, but not the way you think they do. Well, let's say they don't protect you in the long run. Yeah, they don't prevent disease. And we also have the 
concept of false concept of herd immunity. So I go through that herd immunity is an illusion. There's no proof. When 99% of the people are vaccinated, they, you, know, you still have outbreaks of measles. Right. Well, even if you had no drugs or vaccines involved and you had some animals out in the wild, the ones that were immune would not get the disease and the ones that weren't immune might. Right. So, so the immune ones don't make the unimmune ones immune. That's the point I'm making. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and also we know with the COVID, the antibodies pretty much diminish in one to three months. Well, right. And, and when you're saying, um, talking about that, that, since there's no test for it at all, and they're masquerading with this PCR uh, yeah, it's, feature, it's, as if it were it's, a test. You know, it's 90% inaccurate, 90%. 60 to 90% false positive. And, and, and they don't even really know that because there's no gold standard to compare it to. Right. It's just completely irrelevant, but nobody's supposed to know that. It's getting out there. It needs to get out there. If that yeah. one point got out, it would be very hard to keep the whole thing going. Uh, it's getting harder and harder because people are getting, this is not so good, and they're getting something's wrong about the vaccination. Uh-huh. Even Bill Gates has admitted that this is part of the depopulation plan. I'm not saying that Bill Gates said that. No, of course not. Yeah, and uh, but that Bill Gates said is is pretty important. He separated out into many different talks, too, talking about how if we do a really good job with these special measures, that there will be less people. And yeah. I, th- I think he was just sloppy a few times. Well, I think he said it several times, uh, getting it down to about 500 million people on the planet. Yeah, and that's early stage. Anyway, hopefully all of the opposite yeah. happens instead. Yeah, well, that's the beauty. See, the Great Reset, disaster, or the Great Awakening. Yeah. So, so we're participating right. in the Great Awakening. Yeah. I think we will be undefeatable, but just don't get the vaccination because... Uh, yeah. Well, one of the things... I like, your DNA the wrong way. Yeah, you, you really... You need your DNA. It wasn't a mistake. You, it's, it has an important function in your body. That's right. And it's and, God's plan, and they want to alter the human DNA. Right, yeah. It's the dark side of it. Basically make you another GMO creation. It, it's the satanic side of the story. Yeah. 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 So it would be really nice to see the meditation strong enough so it doesn't inspire just the well-intentioned people, but actually makes some of the others defect. Yes. And uh, well, I'm going to write another round because there's a, a symbol. Uh, it's called the VIN. I, I, it's a VIN diagram. Or what How do called? you spell that? You're saying V-E-N-N. V-E-N-N? Yeah, and then Vesica Pisces, V-E-S-I-C-A, Pisces. Yeah, yeah, familiar with that shape. It's like an oval except with pointed ends. Well, it's, no, it's three circles. It's like the beginning of the flower of life. Right, but where they Don't intersect, they. it makes Vesica Pisces, is, right? That's right, that's right. They intersect. Say it again. I mean, that, what you just said is important, I think. Say it one yeah. more time when they intersect. Yeah, where the, where the circles overlap each other, yeah. you get, that's where you see the Vesica Pisces. And each one of those is like a, kind of like an oval, but the ends are pointed. So it's like that. And the circles create that by their overlap. 
And it's on a bigger scale in the flower of life, but the same thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I had an idea it was the seed for the flower of life. Well, the seed is the smaller version of the flower of life, and then it's part of the bigger full flower of life. But the places where the vesica Pisces are visible is where the circles overlap. I just have a diagram in front of me. So you have... I wish we could put it up on the screen, but I don't have it. Well, the Celtic, often they're reversed. But the three circles, the one and then the two, and they overlap. Yeah. And you're saying the places where they overlap is called... Yeah, Jessica, you can right? see it starts at a point. It yeah. goes like it's going to be an oval, and then it comes to another point. Huh. Several of those where circles overlap each other. Okay. I'll look at it that way and see. What really that interesting is. aspect of sacred geometry and things like that. So, basically, the Vesica Pisces symbol is really the symbol for this. Yeah, and it's supposed to, you know, symbolize all kinds of inner things that go with it. Say the, it the outer, you know, design that you're talking about is supposed to symbolize all kinds of inner consciousness issues. Yeah. Right. It's a transformation of consciousness with expanding love and expanding peace, oneness, and really expanding your DNA frequency, uh, correcting your DNA frequency back to its original frequency. Yeah. And in fact, it's supposed to relate on another level to a flower of life that's inside the earth, that's actually keeping all the life alive on, on the surface and in between. It's talked about in the Emerald Tablets and places like that. Yeah, that there is a place where Thoth and some other people like that went there a hundred years out of every thousand, and it re- regenerated their life force. Huh. I mean, I'm not an expert in any of that, but I've had some exposure to it, and it's supposedly uh, that turning that flower of life inside the earth was how the original... Uh, floods were created when it was necessary to destroy part of the earth and things like that. Yeah. So that apparently was 12,000 years ago. 10,000 BC, 2000 now. So that's, again, we're in that 12,000 year cycle. Yeah, that's interesting. So I hope there's going to be a way that people can, in real time, participate with you during this meditation. We're going to do it the best we can. Yeah. Uh, and if not, you could write something and everybody could read it to their you know, people right. that are listening to be um, at the same time. I'm playing with both thoughts. We do have internet. It's just harder to meditate with the internet, but I think we may try to go that way. Okay. You know, uh, people go on their cell phones can turn it on. So we're meditating and then have that instruction. Right. 25 minutes into the meditation, you're going to do the guided part. And then before the meditation starts, you'll probably want to let people know, well, what do you you want to do the meditation, right? Yes. And I may do it 20 minutes because it may be a little bit longer explanation than usual because this is a little bit more complicated. Okay. And we'll be putting it out to everyone. And again, hopefully that will be shared with many, many people. Right. When you got the feeling to go to Israel to start whatever is going to be the next phase, 
Yes. Did you also feel that you were being told that the phase in Arizona was complete? Yes. As far as your physical presence there, anyway. Yeah. So I'm. I've sold a lot of it. We're still trying to sell our house. No, we're leaving completely. Right. Uh, and it, so you can't be attached to the past when you're trying to move into the present. It's like. Uh, but the past like, fulfilled its function. That's right. It, it's a completion. Right. When I lived in Petaluma, California, during your community, when you do it, I didn't have an idea that I was going to do a community. Okay? Right. So it, the destiny unfolds. Other people are tuned in too. And basically, that was the move to Arizona in 1993. And now here we are, the next round, 27 years later, where we know this is it. And there are all kinds of cycles that we're talking about. I'm moving out of my Saturn cycle for sure a year or so ago and moving into uh, a Gemini, Mercury communication with the world cycle. And you're going to keep... Projects going in countries all over the world. Where oh, yeah. Centers. They're probably easier for me to do it from there because I have a lot in Africa, and I can just fly down right from Tel Aviv right to Ethiopia. It's, it's like straight shot. So can you give people just a little bit of a taste of what you're doing in Africa at the moment? So our two main projects were in five countries are organic veganic farming and diabetes prevention. Okay. And it's exciting where people worry about, you know, the global reset wants to destroy and starve people to death, right? I mean, that's yeah, part of that's the idea. part of the plan, right. But we already have 50 organic farms in, 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 in uh, uh, Cameroon, and we're going for another 25 as soon as they get a little bit more money so we can feed people. Yeah. Well, one of our projects is organic farming, organic organic, and the second project is diabetes prevention. And those two are worldwide, right? Those yeah. are worldwide. We probably have more than a, we're in about, I've, I've spoken in 42 countries, but we're in about 26 different countries with a, a lot of programs in different countries. And we continue to expand. Like, we got one getting ready to start in Honduras. You know, we're just raising some money to make that happen. But it's the same thing, diabetes prevention and feed the people, organic, organic. So that's actually really important. Do you find the receptivity changes much from country to country and the resistance in different places? Or is it real similar? I find it pretty similar. You know, I was talking to a former vice president in Liberia. Mm-hmm. With the farming, they want support. They're feeding people. They've turned swamps into you know rich agricultural land. I find a lot of receptivity actually in Africa because people get feed the people. They get yeah. It. I was going to say it's in a way maybe easier there than in countries that think they're really advanced and they're more under the control of the usual industries. That's right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we do have a little complication in the sense that uh, people think uh, the pharmaceuticals, you know, because it's first world are really good. That it must be advanced, yeah. Yeah. Super and medicine. 
so we have a little bit of uh, organic organic farming versus chemical farming. And there's yeah, you know, the, but but they must the they're other. probably receptive to the explanation because it's all logical. Yes, because they get it because people are that much closer to the natural way of living. Yeah, exactly. That's, so that's kind of what I found. So the really advanced technologies are going to be spiritually oriented, low tech, advanced yes. concepts that will provide energy and all the other stuff needed. Yes. Yes, and people get it. I did this thing in Nigeria. It was a interesting thing. I, I, uh, we're in a a place where you know the, the starving children. Uh, area in southern Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it seven children? Of, but they don't use that name anymore. That's why I'm, I'm blanking. Oh, okay. But think, starving children of it'll come to me. But basically, uh, I saw that that there's all these Jewish stars all over. What's what's this? And so. I was working with the king in that area. Uh, Southern Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, they they have multiple kings, right? Oh, yeah. These are tribal kings. Yeah, that's what I thought. So he said that they were one of the lost tribes that come down, the Ibus. Okay? Mm, wow. And there, so we gathered 13 tribes. They said, well, let's activate it. So I did a whole Shabbat, you know, on his land. Uh Oh, the starving uh, children of Biafra, right? That's where I was. Okay. And so now we have these programs there, but I actually did a uh, shamanic Shabbat, and the the leaders of all 13 tribes came to the king's land, and we did it. A little bit. We didn't have uh, uh, lights at night, so we did a little bit in the dark, but... Yeah. So I gave everybody Shakti Pot, awakening the energy. And three days later, the king's father, who was the former king, he's 111 yeah. years old. He was 111 years old, was still flying high from the Shakti Pot. Mm-hmm. So people are very open to these things. Right. So the starving children by Africa, well, we have food programs for them. We have you know, growing uh, farming, and we also have uh, school programs, and you know, to, to awaken the energy. We even have uh, one school. We have a greenhouse. So, oh, how nice! What a great classroom to be in a greenhouse. Yeah. So people are really open. They understand the importance of it, and uh, get a lot of support. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. So depending on what happens with travel in the near future, a lot of this will be carried on by Internet, I would assume, right? Well, what, what, what we've done is a little bit different. Uh, we have leaders now in each area. Okay. That king okay. In, in, in Nigeria is still there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, nearby Afro, just slightly outside. And so we have leaders in all these places, and they're doing a lot of the activity. That was the original game plan anyway. And then we come down to activate it. So, yes, we'll look at the travel issue. You know, they made it harder. We'll get around it. We'll figure it out. And so to to a great degree, like any 
real teacher, you're working to make yourself less nece- necessary for the whole thing. Right, and expand. And what? And to expand. We want to have Expand, lots. yeah. But if the system can get its... Programs. If the system gets its own momentum, then the amount that you have to be putting into it decreases, right? Right, in a particular area, but then I'm going to use it to go... Then you have to start the new ones, yeah. Yeah, that's the idea. So that's what we're doing, you know, service and charity. It connects the heart. You know, it's really special right? to, to have that. You mentioned, the, I think you said once a month or something, you were doing something with spiritual dancing. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Once a month, I, I have regular programs I do, okay? But once a month, I'm doing a meditation, Shaktipat meditation weekend where we're meditating three times a day. Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. But before we meditate, I engage people in sacred dance for three minutes to get them ready for meditation. Is that something that people can participate in from a distance? Yeah, it's all internet. So how did they find out about that? I'm talking to you. You share it. Okay, so let's go over the details. Somebody's sitting yeah. in a city right now listening to us. And they say, oh, I'd like to do that. Well, okay, so they go to to drcousins.com. Okay. Or they can go to where all my talks, including this, uh, it's called treeoflife.mnmightynetworks.co. Those are your two places. Okay. Treeoflife.mn. Mighty Networks, like the like Minnesota, yeah. Dot dot what? Co. Co. Okay. All my interviews, everything is all on that. It's our basically our internet community. Okay, and that's how to get into live participations. Oh yeah, and also drcousins.com will point you in the right direction for all this as well. Okay, okay. And the the meditations, everything we're doing, I also do Zero Point, which is yoga of the mind, yana yoga. Also, we, we're doing spiritual fasts over the Internet. Okay. Twice a year. Is that something that people sign up for? Oh, yeah. They have to pay for it. It's not a lot. I try to keep it minimal. But, yeah, okay. you have to sign up. And it, we're, we're go, oh, it's seven days pretty much most of the day where we're teaching, we're getting feedback, I'm giving guidance. So they participate, it's it's like live exchange communication. Yeah, because people need guidance when they're doing a seven-day fast. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that sounds very valuable. And and that's a juice fast, right? Not not just water. Green juice fast, right. A half diluted. With water fasts, only a few people, you know, it's much harder for people and you're more likely to have difficulties. Right. Uh, heart palpitations with a, a, the green juice half diluted. It's really very, very safe. So it's good for a time when people have more serious toxicity issues, right? Yeah, which most people on the planet have. Yeah. Neat. So... I'm doing all that over the internet at this point. Yeah, that sounds perfect. So it's not really going to interrupt it by the fact that you're moving. Correct. Uh, I think 
and this is just my feeling, is that it's going to be amplified uh, by me going to Israel. Where we're looking to live is uh, a place where my north node is activated. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's the energetics of astrologically of getting to your highest potential. What what's it, is that near a certain city? If somebody wants to look well, at it's, it's on the coast. We haven't found a place yet. I, I live. We have a home, but it's it's on uh, between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. You know, Highway Four Forty One. But um, we're about a mile from the Green Line. We're talking about really being on the coast. We're looking for a new place that will maximally optimize the energetics. So what kind of climate is that if you get a place right near there? Well, it's not in the desert. Right, I got that. It's going to be a big change. So it's going to be a little cooler, and this depends how close we'll be to the ocean because you have the Mount Carmel uh, mountain range there too. Okay, okay. So it'll be much greener, which is what my wife Shanti wants. Is it like anything like anywhere on the California coast or East Coast or anything like that? I think California coast. Okay. California. Okay. So I think we should stay in touch with you being there. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yeah. It's the, like we are now. I'm in Northern California. We're on the Internet. It's pretty Exactly, easy. exactly. And I think one of the themes is... You know, I, I like to introduce listeners to people from other cultures and other countries and illustrating that even though I really think sovereign countries is important and it's, a, it's an important idea, um, everybody's a, different members of one truly diverse family. It's not like, yes. the, it's not like the negative version of diversity. It's, it's the real one. Yes. Everybody free and respecting each other, things like that. Yeah, and people need boundaries and borders. I mean, look, if you didn't, if your body didn't have borders, you'd die. Yeah, yeah, we still have a border. That's exactly right. The organ has a border. You need borders as clarities of definition, but not as points of separation. That's right, and and I think you know the world is not total peace and harmony quite yet. So if you're living in a questionable neighborhood, which the world still is, having a house with no walls is not really the most brilliant plan. Correct. But the more we can show the unity of people, not sameness, but the basic elements are the same in all parts of the world, it becomes more difficult for people to feel like killing each other. Yeah, I think that one of the keys is is that the we're all equal souls. That's right, from the same source. Yeah, and the outcomes are I can't be equal because that's not the way life is. We're we're you all unique individuals. You we're, you want to totally not going to be copies. So the way they're trying to do it is making outcome equal. Right. That has never worked historically. And, ever. 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 No. Well, it's worked for the rulers because they make everybody equal slaves. Well, but it, it, it's yeah. the it's the illusion of the communist utopia, right? Yeah. Which they're really trying to promote. Which has never ever worked. Equality through slavery. Yeah, never works. Right, right. No, but but appreciating and supporting and loving everybody works pretty well. Individual uniqueness 
as part of the overall oneness. Yeah. Got to have both elements. Yeah, it takes a little bit of perception to see it. And a lot of the people, thanks to the current educational system, have lost their common sense and perception. And so you kind of try to help people get that back, right? Well, it's a big issue because of what they're teaching. But I will tell you, I have uh, my grandchildren. My 14-year-old gets it. She's unique yeah. within herself. We did a whole uh, sacred dance. We did a, uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, she and I, you know, dancing together with a, a little gymnastic stuff on her part. Right, and, right. But she gets it. Okay. And there are other kids. So the younger kids get it to a certain level, even though she goes to public schools. Right, right. Okay. And my... Other grandchildren kind of get it also. So, because it's obvious, and if they can just keep their minds not being, I guess really what's happening is people are not exactly trusting what they hear in school. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And and that's that's the aspect of, that's the aspect of being like little children that's a good idea to do, right? More direct perception. The kids are just more independent in a certain way. They get things aren't so good, and, yeah, they have to do their work over the computer or whatever. But we know homeschooling, kids get a better education. And oh, yeah. More. So the whole school system is, is, is kind of uh, not doing as well because it's a way of programming people. And kids know when they're being programmed. Right. I yeah, mean, they- a certain extent, kids know. Yeah, they may not understand all the details, but they can feel it. Yes. You know. The, my other two grandchildren are the same thing. You know, they, they get it, but they get it subtly. Right. They don't right. get it consciously in the same Well, yes and no. They're, so my other two are uh, 12 and 10, and they are the ones that went to Mount Gerizim. Uh, I took on a tour of Israel. I mean, obviously with my daughter and her husband. Yeah. And, and so they they do get their uniqueness, and the see we're as I said we're all born originals. Most people die copies. Our work is to help becoming originals again. Exactly, which you always were, but you have to realize that to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's right. And so I get that the younger kids. I mean, that's my exposure. Okay, uh-huh. uh, is that they get that at a deeper level than people in their twenties, thirties. You know the ones that are deeper programmed. And, yeah, and I think we have the generational thing. Seeing, oh wow, that's not so cool. Yeah, and wanting to do better. Yeah, and your whole thing about the nutrition and the detoxification makes it easier for the mind to work. Oh yeah, change direction. Oh yeah, you have to have a functioning mind. Yeah, that's one of the problems we face. Yeah. So, but I'm saying the younger generation may be more open to seeing their unique individuals as part of a larger whole. Right. So, to the parents, don't let those open young kids be corrupted by the so-called health system that's operating right now. Right? Yeah, don't take the vaccine. And really, I think what's going to happen is that I think parents will say, "Well, I don't want my kids vaccinated. I know this is a death sentence." Guess what? I'm just going to homeschool. 
Right. I think that's way better. And the, the real question that's going to come up for people, I think, is when they say, okay, it's going to be completely voluntary. But if you choose not to have it, then you just can't drive your car, go to the bank, eat food, go to the grocery store, talk to anybody, get within 10 feet of another human. But it's totally voluntary. So whatever you want to do is fine. And yeah, they're going to have to decide what to do with that. I think there's going to be a lot of resistance. I just think they're, they're not going to be able to pull it off, particularly when we're talking at the level that we're talking, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, this is the age of Aquarius, not the age of the global reset. If the foundational energy changes, everything's going to be different. Yeah. And I won't use the word if. Sorry, my fault. As soon as that happens, or as it's happening, which should be starting already, because these changes right, on the level you're talking about don't just happen at one moment. Right. They're 2,000-year cycles. You know, yeah. 12,000-year cycles, 2,000-year cycles, yes. So that means whatever is about to happen, it's the energy is building toward it now. Yes. It will continue. It, this is like the initiation of the energy. Uh, in the immediate window, it's about six days, but we're talking years. Of yeah, yeah, that's what I would think. But this is the initiation of the energy. Yeah. So when you're settled and calmed down over there, we should do an update and see what's happening and what yeah. is. By that time, I'll have clarity about locations. I'm yeah. working hard to get this one guy from England to release the map of. <laughs> The dragon lines, the emperor dragon lines that are That would be really interesting, yeah. He's saying go to sacred sites and meditate. Okay, that's good. How many people? He says small groups and sacred sites. You know, my site, my thing is a minimum of 10. But if we think big, uh, people in sacred sites, you know, we want at least 144,000. But we should get more than that. Mm Mm-hmm. People yeah, so as soon as you have a map of that, that would be interesting to share. Very interesting. Yeah. But in the meantime, it'd be good if you put it out to your people that we're talking about this kind of meditation uh, happening on the 21st and giving the time cycles. Yeah. I am doing a rewrite, I'm gonna, and I'm trying to deal with this three circles in a good way. Sure. I don't totally, it's more Celtic, I don't totally understand it yet, uh, but you added it, and, you know, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, we can collaborate more on that if you want to, too. Yes, yes. The, that symbology is, is not just superficial, it's actually connected to deeper things, too. Well, one of my Celtic friends says it's mother, father, child, and the whole issue of regeneration. Right. And and if you look at the holographic like version of, of all creation, everything has all the rest embedded in it on some yes. scale. Yes. Right. But any more insight you have into specifically like, for you to say that there's a flower of life kind of inside the earth, so to speak? That's that is your information to me. That's, that's really a real interesting subject. <laughs> we could do whole shows on Can that. Can you do a little bit more? Give me a little bit more of that. Yeah, well, you know, there are these stories that this being called Thoth, who who was also 
uh, visible as Hermes and yeah. other other people like that. Some of the stories about him were this, he's really this bad guy, but that's not, I don't think that's true at all. It's the opposite. He's a very wise being who was around for a really long time, and he chose to stay in one body for a, a very long time and was given that ability. For thousands uh, of years. Yeah, and just actually very recently left that form. And um, he did some amazing things, and the f- earliest stories of him were from Atlantis before it sank, and then the story of it sinking because of the lowering of consciousness and the, the flower of life that he was talking about that's in the earth was reoriented in order to have that continent sink, supposedly killing about 65 million people in one night. And uh, that was to prevent the further development of some real evil stuff that was happening there. Everybody was being possessed and a little bit like now, but it was, you know, really severe. And so that was the temporary resolution of it was a, a flood at that time. And Thoth was sent by the people that he was working with and through spirit to start the civilizations in Egypt. And at that time, from what I understand, it was called Chem, according to the Emerald Tablets. So we're talking about 10,000 years ago with the flight, 12,000 years ago with the flight. Yeah, 12 something. Yeah, something in that range, you know. And uh, that was the end of that big continent in the Atlantic Ocean. And Can you spell his name Thoth, T-H? T-H-O-T-H. Okay, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Yourself. Yeah, the Emerald Tablets is the most interesting account of him that I know of, because it's supposedly written by him. Okay. And he's talking about his experiences and starting new civilizations and interesting stuff like that. And he, he talks about going, I don't know if this was physical or not, but down into the crust of the earth to the place that was carved out by beings there that are on the positive side that were helping hold everything together. And in that enclosure is a physical flower of life. It's like this light that is affecting all life on the planet. Yeah, and it's not something that depends on what religion a person is. These are just like physical things going on. Yes, this is different than uh, what we see in the Celtic. I mean, it's yeah, this came from this. This is a different thing that's a lot older. Yeah, and, and it's coming from beings that are not physical, or not not confined to the physical level. Okay, so when you're when you're talking about again the Vita diagram or Vesica Pisces, that's what we're talking about. That's, I think, what it was representing is the actual flower of life that was in this chamber that was created with a passageway leading from the Great Pyramid to that chamber. Okay. So, and well, then, see, the Great Pyramid, I've been there, and it's a portal. Yeah, but that chamber's not public in, in the newspapers or anything. It's underneath it. I went underneath yeah, this is something that hasn't publicly been found as far as I know. Got it. Got it goes all the way miles down to okay. this place in the crust of the earth got where Thoth and other people had to go periodically or they couldn't stay in the same body. You get regenerated. Yeah. Interesting. 
So yeah. that's the Vesica Pisces. There's so much more happening than what we are aware of, and people are really defensive, saying anything outside of what I know has to be evil and forbidden, and it, it's not really like that. It's like saying, well, I know about the head, but the body below the neck is evil, so I can't know about that. It's like it's better to just find whatever's true. Because what I was told is that the upper pyramid has the reverse, but that's not miles down. So this is a, another level of the... This is way down in the crust of the earth. Yeah, so it's miles. It's the center of the earth, would you say? Or would you no, say no just, just a few miles into the crust. Okay. And there's a connection for under one of the paws of the sphinx as well. Yes. That is connected. But these are I, not public knowledge. I felt it. I've heard about it. But uh, you just gave me a little bit more information. Right. I mean, the people that have read about it, it's a, they may believe it, but to really know, you would have to go there. I've been uh, there. I've been no, there. You would have to go into these passageways. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the yeah, way. Yeah. And those says very few people have, at the time he wrote that had done it because it's pitch dark and it's really long and people get scared if they ever find it. But to know about what's going on in there is quite interesting. It's just exploration. Not so easy. I know they are exploring underneath the sinks now. You know. Uh, yeah, it'll probably be found eventually. But I don't think people would be allowed to go in there that are not in tune with that frequency. Right. And part of the story of the Flower of Life down there is that it's protected by this huge army of... Um, astral level beings that are good beings, but they look really scary. And their job is to make sure that that place stays safe. Wow. Not safe from coronavirus. I mean, actually safe from, you know, the wrong kind of humans, I guess. So this fits with everything. So the Vesica Pisces is the beginning to open that door. Yeah. Yeah. These are all everything. You can't ever find anything that's not connected to everything else. It's just understanding how. Right. But some things are a little bit more connected. I mean, we yeah. have a holographic universe. Right? More proximate to each other. Yeah. But this is a, a little bit more directly connected. The best yeah. yeah. Symbol, which we're going to bring out. I'm going to have the diagram of that next letter. Good. It's a super interesting subject. Is Yes. Uh, is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah, there are lessons to get out of it. The whole point is to, like what you said, is to get back to the conscious connection with your origin while you're still in a physical body so that you can be a conduit for that energy working through you. And then that is what lives your life instead of the old you. That's right. And that's what the Aquarian Age is about, is activating that for as many people as That's the biggest fear of the negative power structure at the top. The ones below the top don't even know that's an issue. But at the top, that's the biggest deal. And again, there's no way they can win. No, and, and what's funny is they're worried about it. It's the only thing that would help them get better. Once they wake into the fact that they need to get better... Uh, yeah, but that's possible because yes, of course, of course, of course. that positive side doesn't have limits. Except anyone can change at any time. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at a lot of really evil beings. I have yet to find one that's intrinsically bad. 
It's just the programming is so intense. You have to respect it because they will eat you in any way they can. But it's not who they really are. It's not who well, anybody is. spark is in everybody, period. That's right. There's not two gods. Yeah. So it's the original one that got twisted in some of the forms. But the, the greatest fear in those forms is they get untwisted. And that's what they need. Yes. It so, will happen. It'll happen. The age of Aquarius is going to open some of those doors that way. Yeah. There are already defectors at different levels. Yes. The first ones. So it's good. It is. Exciting time. And our job is not just to show up. Our job is to activate it. Oh, yeah. Because anyone who's listening to this, their potential is vastly beyond what's imaginable. Yes, and that's what we're talking about. My whole book, Into the Nothing, is about being aligned uh, with the God's will. And God's will is that everybody should be awakened. Right, and it, you know, sometimes that's misunderstood. People think, well, I just lie there, you know, not moving, and whatever God wants to do is fine. No, it's an active thing. Oh, yeah. You get in touch, and it's going to give you specific things to do that are demanding. But it's not going to be the old you doing it anymore. But, it, you know, it just talking ideas until we actually do it. Maybe a couple of words to people uh, as things around them get intense and start to close in, and, and they have a tendency to want to be nervous and afraid and worried about the future and things like that. How would you suggest people handle that with whatever is the next stage here? In my book, Into the Nothing, I describe a whole path of unfoldment. I had TV when I was one years old. In 1943, that was considered uh, basically almost certain death. Okay? Now... I survived. I had the question that I pursued until I was 33 when I received the spiritual awakening energy Shaktipat from Swami Muktananda. And the answer, which is the answer to what the fear is, is there is no death for the self. We are immortal. The self is immortal. It's never born and never dies. Now, once you get that, there's nothing to be afraid of because we are immortal. Our soul is immortal. Our body isn't, but it doesn't matter because we're in an evolutionary process that put us here on the planet to begin with, and our work is to keep evolving. So that's part of what makes us at peace if we just get that. The second part is reconnecting to our own soul. That's really, really important to reconnect to our own soul. When we make that connection with the six foundations and sevenfold pieces I've been describing, then we're connected to God and we're connected to our immortality. And we're connected to the uh, extending of consciousness through time and space. So that's really important. Now, on a very uh, simple way, besides the six foundations and sevenfold peace, is to take 
all our life experiences and see them as an opportunity to grow spiritually. So we can look at what's going on in the world and refer it back to how can I use it to help myself grow spiritually. It's a different angle. We're not contracting into fear. The fourth thing that we've been talking about is we're beginning the Aquarian Age, which I call the Great Awakening versus the Great Reset. The Reset is about the globalists creating a uh, planetary enslavement, okay? Mm -hmm. And the planetary awakening is just the opposite energy. That energy, which has been going on for thousands of years, we're in a 12,000-year cycle with it, is the beginning of the age of Aquarius. So the more we participate, the more we are taking responsibility for creating and amplifying this new uh, level of upgrading our consciousness, which is the age of Aquarius. So all those things are happening. The world is the, the spiritual teacher. If we see everything as a spiritual teacher, there's nothing to be afraid of because we are immortal. We can't really die. And the good news is the global awakening, starting with the age of Aquarius, which we hope we all participate in, is a way of overcoming uh, the global reset, which is the idea to enslave humanity. It's not going to happen. So that's the good news. So that's really the message I'm giving to people. Reconnect with your soul, connects us to the divine, connects us to the global awakening. Participate in the uh, meditation on, on December 21st, depending where you are. But most important, see all of your life as an opportunity to grow spiritually, including dangers and threats and so forth. So that's the big overall picture. Consciousness changes your experience, huh? even if the same things are happening. Yes. See, that's our power. We don't have free will over the outer, but we have free will over the inner, which is how we see the experience, how we interpret the experience. Are we going to interpret it as a way of growing spiritually, or are we going to interpret uh, as fearfulness and contraction? Right. That's our power. And then we can be active, like with the current age, join in the power of meditation. There's just nothing more powerful. It affects the whole solar system. It affects the whole galaxy. Right. So we have that power if we choose. Yeah. Just make a choice. Huh? Right. Make well. a choice that's going to give you freedom, joy, and I'm going to say spiritual joy as inherent as we are. Yeah. Well, We'll look forward to seeing you again as soon as possible once you get settled over there. And, Richard, uh, it's really fun to connect with you. I will I will connect you once I get clear. Probably it will be before December twenty first. Because okay. then I'll have more of a game plan. Yeah, that would be yeah, you're leaving soon. Like we're recording this on a, re- a Friday and you're leaving Monday. Correct. So by the time people see this, you're gonna be in a different location. Uh, most likely, yes. Yeah, okay. Sounds but I'll great. communicate more, and I want to bless you for all the good work that you're doing. I want to bless the listeners that they're uplifted by this and able to communicate this uh, expanding awareness to the whole circle around them. 
Yeah. Thank you for your good work. Thank you. Uh, Really grateful that you're on our dimension on the planet at the moment. Okay. Thank you. Hold on and we'll say goodbye in the break here. There goes Dr. Gabriel Cousins, you guys. I hope you got something out of our discussion and his interesting presentation. And he's starting a totally new phase of his life now. And the Tree of Life Center in Arizona is already shut down and, and sold. He doesn't even own it anymore. And he's leaving. Well, this is being recorded on Friday, which is um, the 27th. So you, by the time you hear this, Dr. Cousins is going to be in Israel. And on the 21st, we'll have the global meditation that hope you'll consider being part of. I'm going to do that with him. And if we can't get the actual live connection in real time to wherever it's being done from, he's going to send us instructions and we'll be able to read that and share it and do it in harmony at the same time worldwide. And we'll probably post a time schedule and make sure everybody is aware for their own country and continent when it's going to be. And we'll all do it together at the same time. And remember, his main sites are drcousins.com. And Cousins is C-O-U-S-E-N-S, not I-N-S. And treeoflife.mn.co is the other site. treeoflife.mn, like Minnesota, .co. Not .com, but .co. And apparently that's where you can get the new book, Into the Nothing, that we talked about today. And hopefully you'll uh, enjoy reading that. There's a lot in it. And it's basically autobiographical on a spiritual level for Dr. Cousins. So uh, his other books are are full of interesting information. This should be even more so. I suspect I'm going to get a copy of that. Um, What else? I think his announcement about the astrological change is very interesting because astrology as it's practiced in the current age may be not very accurate in a lot of ways i've seen that true but i think it represents something that is accurate and that's the interconnectedness of everything in creation working intricately in in perfect harmony in a much deeper sense and i think what dr cousins is suggesting that we all do is get in touch with it because it's in us too and the more we can actually do that, not just believing that it's true, but going there and experiencing it, that's the whole thing, you know, to spend our time on so that our experience of life changes no matter what crazy stuff is going on around us. And that definitely is possible to a greater extent than I think we realize. So anyway, thanks for joining us in the discussion today. I really appreciate that. I hope everything's going well with you. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving and we're still in the overall holiday season that our rulers are trying to totally squash and uh, hopefully they're not successful in that with you and your family and people that are close to you and uh, getting ready to start a new year that's hopefully going to end up much more positive than we've seen so far. Um, remember to support us if you can, lostartsradio.com, uh, the donate button there and subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. Uh, and also on lostartsresearchinstitute.org. That's our nonprofit that also has the same donate button. And only if you've got resources and value what we're doing and would like to see it continue and the other projects that we've got on hold waiting for funds. We're not doing commercials on the show. We're just letting you decide whether you want to support us and keep us going, and we'll do the best we can with that. And on lostartsradio.com is the, the central 
place to go for links to the live broadcasts on a number of different uh, platforms that are expanding. We just got into BitChute. That's a good one to to keep it you know aware of because they don't uh, they don't censor. And the same with Brighteon.com, where we've been for quite a while. And you can go to Brighteon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio and subscribe. It's free, and it just tells you when we're going to have a video coming out. I think that's about it. Um, Planetary Healing Club meets once every Saturday, 4.30 U.S. Pacific Time, 7.30 Eastern, and that's for people that want to work on themselves and get deeper into all this stuff on a physical and non-physical level and work on transforming your experience of your life regardless of what's going on around you. And that helps to transform every relationship with anybody that's in your life too. It's really powerful stuff if you are up to using it. So you're personally invited there if you want to be. Uh, take a look at planetaryhealingclub.com as an access point or ask us questions through the contact forms if you want to do that. We'll tell you whether it's worth your time and what you want from it if you're going to get it there and that sort of thing. I think that's it. Remember that you're incredibly important in the direction for the future right now. Everybody's being taught that they're just this helpless little insignificant being one out of seven billion, but you're directly connected to God, to where you came from. And the potential there is just waiting to be opened. So Dr. Cousins and all of us are just encouraging you to do that. You're not an insignificant being at all. You're the star of this movie that you're in. And, uh, Play the role the way that you think you could best do it. All kinds of potential, whatever you want. As long as you don't believe it's impossible, it's accessible to you. Might as well start now, and I'll do it with you. So we'll see you here next time. Have a good week, and thanks for being with us. Talk to you soon. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on two YouTube channels, Facebook Live, Periscope, which is Twitter, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com slash live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. 
And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channels at Lost Arts Radio and at Diamond Disc. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.